the Back of the Box podcast. I'm here with Football Freddy and Zaza Zeus, and I'm Three Putt Smitty. Uh, Smitty Three Putt. <clears throat> but this last weekend was the All Star Challenge. So let's just jump into it. That's everyone's talking about the crazy ass ace. Let's just get right into it. Evan, I know you watched that shit live. Yep, uh, I definitely did. It was Nico LaCastro, 536 foot skip in ace. It was uh, great. He went crazy, yeah. fell on the ground. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got a. <laughs> I want to jump in here. So one thing that I want to know, especially from you, Evan, with your golf background, what do you think? How much harder is it to get a hole in one in golf versus an ace in disc golf? Like, if you had to, like, five times, ten times, a hundred times. Well, me and Jeff were actually talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, nice. It's definitely harder for golf, <laughs> but it's just because the ball is so small um, and the disc is a lot bigger. you got a little bigger, bigger target to hit. Um, and it's usually a little more open. And I brought this up with Nate. When you get an ace in like disc golf. Like, the disc normally goes into the basket, like, in the air. More, like, this gives a skip ace, but, like, isn't, like, a golf ball is, like, kind of, you might land it in the perfect area, but then you got to get, get the ground play to get an actual hole-in-one. Right. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, sinking it in the bas- in the bucket, like, in the little hole. Like, that'd be unreal. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Yeah, I a little have, low target. Uh, I have a take, so I'd say I'm I'm not sure for pro level, but when we disc golf, there's probably at least typically at least half the holes are aceable, and for golf, normally there's only two. What is there? Two or four par threes per eighteen? Um, the two or four? Usually three per nine. Three? Uh, two or three per nine. Okay, so either way, there's what, we'll just say four. Three per nine is, you're tripping, dude. I think there's two. I think there's two par threes, two par fives. Yeah, I was saying three is like the most I've seen out of nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then there's only three even possible to hole in one. So the odds are up that, or are lower that way too for golf. But, yeah, so I was curious. I think it's like... I had to put a multiplier on it. It's probably, it's just because you have to put so much time in to play that many holes that are even possible. I'd probably say it's like at least 10 times harder to get a hole in one in golf. Yeah, I think it's even harder because like me and everyone were talking about this as well. Like the distances of the courses, like compared to like pro level courses. Yeah. Like almost, we play mostly par three golf at like the majority of like city courses. So like, almost every one of those holes is somewhat reasonably aceable. Like, yeah, some of them are pushing it, but, like, if you're a player, like, of a higher skill level, like the pros, like, once they get on a course that has enough chances, like, there's a tournament ace, like, almost every tournament, like, at the pro level. Like, if there's enough chances, like, these guys are that good that 220 feet to 290 feet, like, I would say even, like, 350 like if if yeah. the course and the green like allow for it, like a lot of guys are gonna run it, because that distance is something that they can do so kind of effortlessly and like controlled, like James Conrad, 
like hole 16 at Worlds, like he aced it, and then the next day had to go out there and win it for the playoff. Right. Yeah. Like, and he probably threw the same exact shot as when he aced it. Like, I don't think he was like trying versus not trying. I think that he's he's like aiming for like a 10, 15 foot radius around the basket. Yeah. And like sometimes it just works. Yeah. Yeah. There might be like a hundred times harder. <laughs> there's just a lot too in golf that. Uh, factors into like the club being angled like if you hit the ground a certain way you know then it goes a little bit the wrong way and then your ball's way off in the middle of nowhere so yeah right because you could throw you could hit a perfect shot but if the spin's wrong you're just done yeah like if you land it on the wrong side like there's just that's the thing like the skip ace aspect of nico's is like that much sweeter yeah, because that was, that was nice. it literally skipped up and then it just like ran out of energy as it like hit the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it was almost even with the skip, it was like a perfect shot. Like because if it would have been like five feet to the left, I think there's it's it's slowed down enough that I think it's gonna ace either way. Like it was just that was just pure. Yeah. Yep. But I was just wondering about the All Star event because like that was first taste of the year of actual pros throwing like against pros and i mean it was pretty fun to watch i wish that uh everything would have been on youtube instead of just the final singles round just because i mean i wasn't about to uh splurge yet for the the live coverage just yeah. just a personal choice oh uh, yeah but... dude i want to talk about that so i don't mind uh dgn obviously there's a lot of guys that work there and there's a lot of work that goes into that so I agree they should be paid for what they're doing but I just think this event was the wrong time because I think it's too good of an opportunity to introduce new players within a, a fun event just a way that shows how fun the sport really is and they kind of hid that behind the paywall which I don't know I'm wondering how much subscribers they actually have yeah I don't know I just I don't know. I don't know. Cause there was, I saw like eight to ten thousand on the YouTube stream. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, is there that many? I mean, I'm just trying to equate, like, how many people have it. Like, do you think that would have been the same amount on both streams? Like, do you think that the Saturday before, they had 10k people watching on DGN? I don't think so. I think it's. Uh, there's no way, cause. It's got to. I bet you. If I had to guess, I would say they have like two to three thousand. But I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. There's. Yeah, I I, I'll watch. Yeah, that's that. What's up? I, I'll watch the free stuff all day, but I wasn't paying, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's because like that, and Evan's more of a casual player too. Like he's just right. gotten into it the last like year. He's probably only played like twenty, thirty rounds total. Yeah. So it's like a player like him. Spending five dollars or whatever is it ten dollars a month now five dollars whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's ten. That's more than he's put it into the sport itself more than like so. Right. And there's so many more people that like to watch something versus playing like NFL is obviously like the, the prime example. But even if you say like esports and golf, like a lot of people that love watching PGA or PGA, like don't golf every Saturday. Right. Like a lot of them just might never golf. Because they're like, they tried it and they can never achieve what they wanted to do with their time. So they might just enjoy watching the sport, but they're not putting money into it. So how many of those players 
or those viewers are the aren't the people that are probably subscribing to the golf network. Right. But they're gonna watch the like all the the majors and all the like the big tournaments that are on like ABC, NBC, like whatever channels they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough spot to be in. I think disc golf's a little bit too young to be. I think they should be a little bit more focused on growing the sport. But I don't know. It's tough to say though because they're putting in a lot of time and effort and work. So to not see direct money, I guess, is tough too. So it's a tough spot. But I would have liked to see it free. Hopefully, maybe next year they go to free and. They get more of a, a yeah, base of customers that they feel good about going into 2023. And I totally get the paywall. Like, like you said, they got to pay their bills and shit. Mm-hmm. But like for the all-star event, that seems like the one that you want to just like for the masses, like you said, introduce people like, hey, here's kind of how you practice putting. Here's kind of how you practice these accuracy shots. And then here's what the pros do in these accuracy shots. Because like even like an NBA sometimes, you only see a player shoot two or three times. Right. So like, you're only seeing these guys throw one shot off the tee on each hole. Mm-hmm. But if they did that, like if, like watching Steph Curry warm up, when he makes 35 in a row, you're like, wow, that's a lot better than I thought he would do. But And then like disc golfers, like if he makes the same shot six times in a row, yeah, like it's it just adds the other level of like skill that these players have that's not really kind of like we've we see in our comments all the time on our tiktok like people like saying like oh this looks so easy because disc golf does have that appearance of smoothness and like bowling-esque where it's like not as difficult as it seems like darts like darts looks easy to do but because i've played darts i know that it's hard as fuck yeah (laughs) and like the intricacies to the sport so i feel like showing off these kind of taboo events that aren't normal could have been the easiest way to gain a player that's or a viewer that's going to be a, more of a casual viewer going forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's. I think so, it's a missed opportunity like, just to show how how fun the sport is too, because it's a fun event, fun environment. Um, and I think it would have been a a good spot to kind of grow your following more organically. Because isn't the kind of the point of it to like for the fans like the all-star event the pro bowl i mean supposed to be for the fans that's what you would think that's what you would think yeah because i think that's like the only point like that's i mean i don't know but yeah so i guess this week jumps into the season actually starting out on the west coast in las vegas challenge um i think we all kind of have our favorites going into this because it is one of those big arm throwing tournaments where I don't want to say it, it eliminates some players, but it kind of eliminates some players if the wind gets up there. Because um, there's a different class of throwing when it's 20 to 30 mile an hour wind. But yeah, who do you got? Who do you think is winning this weekend? Um, I'll go. I have Kelvin winning this weekend. I think he got second or third last year. And he, he looked real good during the All-Star event. So I think he ended like I want to say he ended on like 12 straight birdies in that course. It was something crazy. Yeah, it's somewhat similar in a way to what they're going to be playing this weekend. And he had he hasn't switched his bags. He's still throwing Innova. Um, he kind of slumped a little bit to end of the year last year. So I think he's looking to bounce back. And I think he'll start off with, he's my favorite to win it. So 
Elvin. Yeah, I feel like he's he was so he's so good some rounds, but there's this I think like there's some rounds where he puts himself behind, and you always see him like hot round last day like working his way back up into like top five no matter what, but like yeah he looked super consistent he was down early to eagle and came back and and took it down what about you uh, Azus? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> that's fair that's fair I'd rather you say um, that pick some random I, I think I think Calvin was the one that I just saw the other day throw a really really long drive and um, that's probably who I was going to go with but I have no idea yeah I feel like it's a safe bet to bet on like the big five like Ricky Paul Paul's not playing so never mind right. so like Ricky yep. Calvin Eagle like those three and then like last year like Ezra had a great performance and like he's been he's shredded yesterday like at the all-star event as well so yeah yeah i think it's gonna be someone who just fucking can chuck far and and the f- the first day is looking like some calm conditions first two days so i think it's gonna be a birdie fest so i think we might even see someone pushing like 15 under 16 under yeah, yeah. So. like that's the thing about vegas is like it's it's birdie heaven when it's not windy yeah, yeah. i like ezra i think i have him getting second just because he can chuck and he looks, he hasn't switched his bag either. I think that's one thing that's playing a factor in my rankings. So I have Ezra or Calvin Ezra. I think I have Eagle at three, and the only reason he's there is because of his forearm, or else I'd probably have him it for sure second. Yeah, but he's, is he gonna throw it? He didn't throw it at the All Star event. I know that's why he's at third. I would have him at first probably, oh, okay. even even okay. though his lefty's dirty. <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah we can talk about that for a second he just, just didn't throw forehands at the because uh, he's recovering from an injury he chose to not throw forehands the entire all-star event and instead on the holes where it was kind of a requirement he threw left-handed backhands and some of these throws were three four hundred feet yeah that's wild what do you think about yeah, that that's dude throwing I think... 350 feet with the opposite hand in a pro event. It, it definitely could not be me. I'm a little ambidextrous, <laughs> but not that not that ambidextrous. So, um, yeah, no, that's um, nuts. I wish he could throw the forehand, though. That's what I'm saying. What did he yeah, hurt exactly in the arm? Gonna, I don't know if they ever, like, told, like, exactly. It was, like, a strain in his elbow of some sort. Yeah. But it was the worst part about how it happened. He was, like, doing a promo video for the disc pro disc tours like championship finale last year and he like did some like weird spinning forehand yeah like to for a video and like basically because he did it it was putting more torque on his arm and he was really thinking about and yeah he like had to withdraw from the event so and that was like the highest paying event of the year 30,000 in the first place and he withdrew so i mean and he was probably maybe not the favorite but probably people's favorite to at least compete right yeah and then any arm or leg any arm or leg injury i was just gonna say is it takes a long time to heal you have to you know like he's doing sit on it wait let it trust it because if you go too early you're just gonna re-pull it or do something even worse again it's just not an easy injury so yeah, and it happened in October, I believe. So it's been yeah. almost five months. That's something like with 
NFL and NBA. We like we know the timeline for their injuries that they have and like when they're projected to be back and all of that. We don't really have that for disc golf. We don't have like a like a disc golf doctor account or like the social media isn't really there for that type of thing. It's just something that we kind of take for granted in other sports that disc golf doesn't have yet just because it's so young. Right. Yeah, and with like team sports versus solo sports, I'm not really that much of a solo sport watcher. I never really got tennis, golf, any of that thing. And like team sports, someone gets injured, someone else just steps up and takes their place. Like you're going to lose yeah. maybe the skill at that position but it's not like you're playing without a player. Like, you can't, you don't just withdraw from the event. Like, it kind of just goes forward, and those people are just kind of, honestly, like, forgotten or missed during the game. Mm-hmm. And like this, like, if Eagle can compete without a forehand, <laughs> I, it's one of those things, because the forehand, it's obvious, That's it's the most, one of the most strenuous parts of the game Yeah. because of the way the throw is compared to the backhand. So, like, Simon Lazat had got injured, too, because of the forehand. So, it's like, is it, if you're still competing and winning, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see when he, he decides to bring it back. Yeah, I think if there's an event that he can uh, potentially not utilize it, I think it would be Las Vegas, just because it's more open. The forehand's so much more valuable in the woods, especially, like, for me personally, like, being able to see where you're throwing all the way through helps a lot and I'm personally a lot more accurate and I think scrambling and stuff like that forehand is huge but it's going to be interesting because there was a lot of holes that even Eagle was forehanding yeah. that most people couldn't forehand because he was so much more confident or had so much more power in his forehand so it's like he beats you with the forehand it's like let's see what he does without it I mean, he lost to Kelvin by one stroke, so it's like he didn't. He was. <laughs> you can't even really blame that because I didn't watch those holes specifically to see if those are the ones he lost strokes on. Yeah. But, like Nate said, Las Vegas is. If the wind's on the way, that's probably one of the main reasons why he used it in, in Las Vegas was certain holes to combat the wind. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you got five mile an hour wind, which is what projected for tomorrow, that's literally nothing. So, until it gets up to fifteen twenty, these guys aren't even gonna bat an eye so if you can figure out a way to either utilize his backhand for other shots or actually bring out the lefty for like an actual cash tournament that'd be nutty yeah i don't know if did we didn't even talk about his putt that he made i don't know if we did yet no we kind of brushed over it because calvin ended up winning but <laughs> yeah because his that's another reason he's always going to compete in my opinion is because he can his putting's unreal and he he can always make one of those crazy putts like he did then the uh, event. Yeah, that was like 90, 90 feet uphill to, t- to force Calvin to make his like 27-footer. Yeah, it was unbelievable. St. Paul and it was a spin stuff. all day. Like, there's no... Yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet to see. I, but Paul's not playing. That's a good That's a good thing to bring up. Yeah. That was the Paul guy. That was what Paul was doing for the next last decade. Yeah. Why, I wonder why he's not playing this week yeah I don't know cause he's competes in it it's not like he's not competing yeah I don't know what Paul retires <laughs> maybe he's just that would be nuts he's getting smarter like like LeBron he's 
just picking and choosing his battles. He doesn't want to go chuck super hard at Las Vegas. That's yeah. true. Save his, save his I feel like there was a... I think maybe there was a reason why. I can't remember. I feel like you said something a while back, but I can't remember. That's what's going to jump. The season's going to be weird this year with the new scheduling. So I'm interested to see how the tour and what events people do play and don't play. Because this fact that we already see Paul playing, which was most people's, like, staple season kickoff. Like, a lot of these guys, this is their first tournament. Yeah. There's a couple guys that have played smaller ones, but this is normally, like, the launch of the season to sort of to have Paul not there. That's weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But he also didn't play the Las Vegas or the All-Star event. So. I can't wait. Correlated or I not. I can't wait till this golf's in a spot where... Uh, like all the big names are at all of these tournaments like everyone all the top whatever 50 disc golfers are going to be there every time right now it's a lot better than it yeah. used to be but it's going to be there probably i think probably even maybe next year all the big names will definitely be at all the big tournaments yeah, yeah i think it's as the prize money grows because that's like one of the i think deciding factors because like if you're going to go out west Mm-hmm. and drive across the country but the payouts are only let's say I'm realistically like a 12-15 player I'm only going to make 800 bucks or 400 bucks well I could just make that win in this A tier that's in my backyard that I'm probably going to win no matter what because I'm way better right. yeah. so it's like unless the payout or the exposure or coverage like I feel like that has to creep up because I think Brody was the one that I just watched I think debate night and he was talking about how the first place for Las Vegas is only four grand. Yeah, that's kind of wild, man. So it's like, yeah, I'm wondering what. The, for right now, the only thing that really changes it is the sponsor. It's basically who was able to land a big sponsor, because like, the Disc Golf Pro Tour had like, gar- guaranteed rate or rated guar- rate guaranteed or something like that. Whatever the mortgage company was that sponsored the championship last uh, year yeah. so like that was like I think like almost $250,000 or $200,000 in payouts um, or maybe 150, I don't remember what it was either way first place got 30k and a lot of everyone else got at least two for going and four for like it was basically a half of an event and they're getting paid way more yeah I wonder what the logistics are and, like as uh, Innova, Discraft, Prodigy, like, would it be worth paying for your player to get to the event just so that the eyes are on your brand through Jomez, Disc Golf Pro Tour, all of those funnels? Like, I wonder logistically if that makes sense for them yet or not. Yeah, it probably depends on the event, too. Like you said, it, which who is their coverage? Which coverage is it? And is there a realistically chance that you're going to get on coverage? Right. And I'm under, like, with that, like, I don't know how the featured coverage works. Like, I don't know how you become the first round coverage. Because sometimes there's, like, a local guy, sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's a past winner, sometimes there's not. Wonder. So it's like, who who just gets lucky? Or if it's, like, the tournament gets to decide. I don't know how that works. Right. Yeah. Another thing I'm... So right now we have, like... There's more and more disc manufacturers, which is cool, but I'm wondering if that's realistic long-term. Like, I could see, like, the bigger brands 
being able to do the things that I just talked about, like being able to pay their players to get their name out there where the smaller ones that are trying to come in aren't aren't able to do that so they aren't able to grow I wonder how that's gonna play out like are there gonna be like maybe four brands that just take over and the smaller ones die out or is the sport gonna be able to support like I don't know how many we have eight ten different disc golf brands I'm just that should be fun to watch play out well I mean you how many gotta look at what they all how many discs do you guys have of different brands? Mm. I'm a brand whore. Nate less. <laughs> yeah, Nate probably only has like five discs that aren't Discraft. Yeah, I, have, I like Discraft, so I have a lot of Discraft. And what do I have? I have some Prodigy. I don't know. Your Putters are a trilogy. And it's also like what you get exposed to first. Yeah, that's right. True. That's what I'm so, kind of getting at, yeah. So it's like everyone has their own, but it's, they kind of all bring something to the table. They're all kind of unique, different. Nate likes the designs and like yeah. overall brand of Discraft, like what it represents, how it carries itself, how it like designed its discs, how it markets its players, all that stuff. It's like all that goes into the product that Nate likes to buy. But if you like, I don't know, availability, you might want, and you don't live in Michigan because we're biased for the availability. Yeah. If you live in like Montana, it's going to be probably easiest for you to get Innova because they're the biggest and most available. Yeah. And I think it, right now it's kind of regional and kind of how the stock is is kind of kept in your state. Um, and like when I was out over in Kansas area or Arkansas, there was a lot of Trilogy because Trilogy is based out of Emporia, Kansas. Mm-hmm. So it's easier. It's more available. It's more known. There are more in the community. They're like sponsoring tournaments. Because like around us, if it's not sponsored by Discraft, it's either sponsored by uh, a local store mm-hmm. or that's it. Right. Yeah. Like, but, but if you go out into the other one, like I, there's tournaments that are sponsored by Prodigy, Innova, like Westside, uh, Dynamic Dance. Like we just don't have those over here because we don't have the infrastructure for people to do it. Right. So it's like that's that's I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Like now that I think about it, I'm wondering how that works. Like if we look up tournaments in like Illinois or Wisconsin, like Wisconsin would be a good one. Like who does the most of the sponsors in Wisconsin? Because it's like it's kind of close to Michigan, but it's kind of close to Kansas. Right. Or is it just like Prodigy, or is it no one? Like um, I don't know, and it, I don't know how much the players that are, end up going, like because Adam Hammond is from Wisconsin. Like, does that mean that they have some type of disc golf tone, or is it just happenstance that he reached out to disc? I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, around here, there's going to be a lot more disc craft players than anything else because they're the ones that are probably in the community sponsoring tournaments. And then even when we get a sponsor tournament by a store, half of the time, it's all, like, behind closed doors, it's sponsored by disc craft. Right. So... Like, it's, hey, you're sponsored by this store, but you can only buy Discraft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Because golf has, like, even, like, it's way different. Because golf technology is more expensive to dive into, but they only have X amount of, like, main brands. And even, like, Nike, it wasn't worth it for Nike to continue making clubs, so they dove out. 
So it's just I'm interested to see if it can maintain a bunch of brands or if they're just going to be a main three or four or whatever it is. I think it's about the community because, like, I don't know if you've heard of Vibram or Castaplast. Like, it's a lot of these smaller ones that have, like, a super loyal fan base. Yeah. That I think if you can build something like that, that but it ha once again, it comes down, you have to bring something different to the table. Mm -hmm. Because if you're making an uh, Innova disc the same, but less frequently availability, less variety, like, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. But if you're doing something that's a little bit different, a little bit more unique, a little bit more towards the customer base, and then kind of like how we're upset with Innova about how they're treating their players because we feel it as being disrespectful or not the way the sport is going, they can feel the same way but the opposite towards their fan base. It's like the, the small company could, could actually directly kind of pivot to change because it's like, hey, we built this fan base. And they like the way we're doing it. Let's stick with them because it's like, like you said, yeah. you're trying to steal customers from everyone. Right. Yep. There's only so many disc golfers. So I think they might be banking on either their communities are that tight or the sport is growing in a, such a way that yeah. because unlike golf, you lose discs. So like there's like a, res, like a renewal yeah, kind of built into the sport. Yeah. Like golf balls. Like I wonder how many companies make golf balls. Nike still makes those. Right. Yep. So it's like, it's it's a, it's a guaranteed return because if you go buy 20 Nike golf balls and you like them, yeah. you're going to lose those 20 I've golf balls eventually. I've lost a shit ton of discs already. Right. So I'm think sorry. about, equate it to like, if you say, obviously a disc is what, 100 times bigger than a golf ball? 20, 25 times? I don't know. Either way. Think about how many golf balls you lose. Even if you lose them at like the like 10% of that rate or 1% of that rate mm -hmm. that's a lot of fucking golf balls when you think about how many golf balls you've actually lost compared to discs yeah um, so I think that built, being built in like imagine if you like every time you swung a club you had to let go of it <laughs> and like then go find it uh, like yeah. you know what I mean though like yeah. it's, it's like I think that's part of the reason why I just thought it, like I guess that just popped in my head yeah. that's kind of part of the reusability or recyclability of the equipment itself right yeah that's fair yeah yep. how's the and so i think i think that's fair but i do have this buzz os i'm wondering how many people are going to change this year to different brands because of the manufacturers change because like i wonder if there's that many prodigy boys that love chris dickerson mm -hmm. that might jump ship to discraft because i mean i love prodigy like, I, I really like Prodigy, but I've noticed a lot more blemishes, mm -hmm. like, especially in the cold, because the plastics aren't as malleable. You kind of feel the imperfections more. Mm. So, like, going from Prodigy, if you can find the discs that, like, kind of fill those slots and feel-wise, yeah. I don't feel like you're going to go back. Yeah, right. I agree. Like the only thing that might be is the availability, if that's an issue for you, because like we like we talked about, we're in Michigan, so we have discraft like out the ass. Yeah. But I feel like they're growing to a rate that like you can't try to compete with Innova and not be like that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So does this year is this year that they take over Innova? Like does this like is there a new Titan this year? Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I, there's a lot of freaking loyal Innova fans, though. Like, through social media, I've learned that 
yeah, a lot of there's a lot of loyal fans that are passionate about Innova, and so it it'll be interesting because I think I think the newer generation is gonna be more discrafty rather than Innova, but that's just my personal opinion. But then again, Innova has like the big box store, like the Walmart, Meyer. So who knows? But yeah, I think it's definitely gonna tighten up. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that it really comes down to like how you're introduced to the sport. Like, do you have a positive or negative experience the first time with a certain disc? Mm -hmm. So it's like if you get like, and that's that's why like Innova was like the Nike for us. Like, if you were growing up like when we were growing up, you had to have Nike shoes. Like, and now they're like obviously even bigger. But like, you could have went back 15 years, and it's like then you have to have Adidas. Like, that was what was in when you started buying shoes. Yeah, right. So it's like, Innova was such the dominant player that, like, 80% of the players that play disc golf right now got into the sport when Innova was the shit. Like, it was the stuff. Mm -hmm. The best players in the world are throwing it, and if you're not throwing it, you're not the best in the world. Right. So it's like, like you said, the generation now is all they see is Paul Macbeth. Paul Macbeth. Yeah. My starter pack And then now Adam Hammes. My starter pack of discs were three in, uh, us. So, yeah, that's from the thing. That's how, like, if you get a starter pack, and that's why starter packs are so important, because like that, you might have just got a customer for life. Yep. Especially if you buy it at a store like Meyer, where if you don't do, if you're just like casual player, you might go back to Meyer and be like, oh look, there's some better ones right here that are Innova. Yeah. And that's all your like that's the extent of you buying discs is just that one, the one place you got it, you go back for. When did I give you, so do you think the disc seven? Was that that must have been after the starter pack, right? It was like yeah, it was probably I'd probably played like five rounds, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just do the Macbeth starter pack looks so sick. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, his looks sweet. That's why I've always wanted to try one, but now it's like I never got a starter pack because my stepdad was into it, so I just kinda got this from him that he was like, Here, here's some old trash disc go learn how to play yeah so but like they're so good like i want to get one for my brother if he starts playing just because yeah i don't know like i think the lower the amount of disc you use the better overall you're gonna be yeah especially so if you just get that and stick with it yeah Yeah. i definitely don't use any of those three starter pack discs anymore though so Because because yeah, of all the ones you, you guys have given maybe me. Maybe you should. What were they? AVR, the, Shark, Leopard? Yeah, all the... Leopard, probably. All the uh, lips of them are just terrible. I don't like the the way they feel. The what of them? The lips. The, the rim. Groove, oh, whatever yeah. you want to call it. The rim. Rim. He said yeah. the lips. <laughs> They're too fucking <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, yeah. Uh, how did you guys do at your guys' tournament? That's what I want to know. Well, we practice for our tournament. Our tournament's this weekend, but we are playing, me and me and Nate, Freddie, playing a doubles tournament this Saturday. Yeah. Did it get moved? No. I thought it was last weekend. No, we practiced, and you know, it was this upcoming so, yeah. weekend. Yeah, gotcha. we practiced. We shot a score that we need to score, shoot again, So, but we know we can shoot it. Yeah. Okay. Ten under par. Baby. Looking on that day. What's ten under par. It's a technically it's like a charity like food pantry like 
fundraiser. Yep. Everyone's paying 20 bucks, but it's basically just like an organized gambling event because we're all just put 20 bucks <laughs> and it all just goes into a giant pot. And then <laughs> every, they get their perishable food and we all just get to compete for the... I mean, right now there's 102 players, so 102 times 20, it's like 2,100 bucks almost. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be a so packed house. First place is at least going to be probably 500. If it's not 500 or more for first place, then they're dumb. <laughs> yep. I hate him if it's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you said it. What but course yeah, was it? But yeah, so... Wait, what'd you say? What course was it? I don't know if you said it. Oh, no, JC. Nate, JC. One of Nate's favorite courses. Okay. Yeah. Have you played there? He got... I We played there one time uh, because the other one downtown was closed. Oh, okay. Or taken over by a tournament or something. Yeah, it's a nice little park. Yeah, it's not bad. It's really scorable, but not, like, too easy either at the same time. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, I hope uh, I hope the rain, we're getting some rain right now, so I hope it melts it, and then maybe we can get some snow-free golf in one last time before it snows again for a month. Yeah. But um, I think we're going to have to call it there, boys. Yeah, it's been 40-something minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming out. Um, I just got some last words. I'll pass it on to you guys after. Uh, whoever was at the rec center tonight playing basketball, I'm sorry about the ankles, and <laughs> just you know, I, I torched tonight, so I apologize. <laughs> you torched someone's ankles tonight, dude. Wow, oh dude. yeah, dude. I hit a nice step back corner three. It was crazy. I was oh, feeling it tonight. <laughs> I've, I haven't even got anyone's ankles that much. I've only got a few different times. There was uh, a pump. There was a step back that got him. Yeah, I like caught yeah, it on a like, fast break kinda and just acted like I was gonna drive. Did a little step back. Oh. Nice. That poor kid. That poor kid. Probably won't be Perfect back. Perfect outro. <laughs> just put him in a body bag. Toby <laughs> <laughs> watches. Alright, well, I think Anything we're good. for foundation? Yeah, dude. Foundation, we got, we're got we 10 snow angels in. We actually <laughs> we actually heard from them, kind of, sort of. They commented on our third snow angel, but... Because we stopped. I think... I think foundation... A chance to battle the bogey bros is worth, like, 10 snow angels, in my opinion. So... We're at ten. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know if we're gonna put much more in. I'm curious who they're playing and how they how they decided to play them. Because um, we haven't seen anything. I don't know if they just DM'd them, if they know them. But we're doing Snow Angels, so hopefully, maybe they'll play us later in the season or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. And we're gonna keep crushing their wordles too. <laughs> yeah, too easy. Today's I didn't get though right away. I'm still working on it actually. <laughs> Alright. Alright. We're out. <laughs>